Hello, everyone. Hello, hello, Nathan. <laughs> I, I guess I should hello, have. I, Steve. Maybe I should have gone even deeper and gone for like. Hello. I'm, in, you know, introducing hello. classic. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Actually, no. Just can you replace my hello with Sophie's hello? Yes. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> As that properly cultivates the kind of like midnight D movie monster movie vibe that mm-hmm. I was going for temporarily, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like the, uh, that one, what's his nose? The, uh, the guy. In, yeah, exactly. Sven Gulli or like the voice actor, the guy who did the, um, thriller music video, whose name I cannot Vincent remember. Price. Vincent Price. Exactly. Um, <laughs> great. Oh, all Steve, the, I, just, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to remember anything my character can do during <laughs> this combat. Cause that has all just kind of flooded in just on every initiative. Uh, it, you'll, you'll just be like another eight, 1980s horror reference. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, everybody welcome to reckless attack. Once again, spooky edition. Uh, I am your dungeon master, Nathan. Excited to be here once more with my very positive, very feeling good, feeling safe players and their characters around the table once more. To my right is... Hello, everyone. My name is Steve, and I am playing Lon Chaney tonight. No, no. Um, (laughs) Self Asterlin, the dragonborn monk who... uh, well, there's some there's some stuff about to happen. Um, <laughs> so we had a little bit of discussion before this of what our game plan was, and I'm pretty sure that's right out the window right now. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, to my right. Hi, everyone. I'm David, and I play Casker and Brightmane, the Dwarven Warlock, who is... Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll see how this combat goes, I guess. <laughs> doing, doing fine. Doing great. And to my right. Hello, hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and his trusty frog pals, Mango and Junior. And I will state on the record that Jump is the best first-level spell in the game. No arguments. <laughs> <laughs> Don't at me. No notes. Get out of here. <laughs> right. These are facts. Speaking of Jump. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to transition Speaking of Jump, let's, let's jump, jump, jump to the, to the person on the right. Yeah, right. Good. Hi, everybody. I'm Sophie, and I play Valeska Carter, the human astro cleric of the Arcana Domain. Maybe? Sure. Maybe? Maybe? <laughs> Double asterisk. Double right, yeah, there's asterisk. an asterisk, yeah. a smaller asterisk to the yeah. asterisk. Yeah. There was lore. Might it <laughs> People might know. It's all published on D&D Beyond. Yeah. <laughs> we all, it's out there. Um. I don't know. We'll see. Well, I feel like this episode is going to be a face-off between jump and protection from evil and good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> In this situation, protection from evil and good is not like flashy. It's not fun, but it really helps you out. But you know you what it. is both flashy and fun? <laughs> jump. <laughs> and sometimes helps you out. Yeah, right. Occasionally. Well, I think what we've come to the conclusion of is that the upcoming combat and, oh, yes, dear listener. There is an upcoming combat. We'll just be, instead of any sort of use of Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition mechanics, it will instead be uh, two people who are taking turns roughly, we'll say six seconds at a time, talking about their preferred spells, 
one of them listing off 1980s uh, horror references, and then <laughs> David, I don't know what you're going to do, yeah. man. Good luck. I personally think that what would be great is, you know, Checkers and Val arguing about which spell would be better. <laughs> and then, you know, as the camera kind of is showing their argument, you see in the background, like, Selv get blasted. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> sk- skips yeah. down the, you know, through the pavement. And you see Cass, like, you know, rallying a bunch of people and, like, right, you know, and we're just sending like, a you charge. Guys, you guys, like, just, like, getting just it, destroyed. <laughs> you see, Val, if Selv had jumped, he could have jumped out of the way. <laughs> Val just conjures a chalkboard out of nowhere. It's <laughs> yeah. like, well, here, here are the pros and cons. And let's put it into a complex trigonomic. If we assign map. each one a numerical value. Yeah. <laughs> well, checkers, if we assume that there's no friction and the Mothman is a perfectly spherical object. Yeah. <laughs> and, and let's start with uh, calculating it from a vacuum. Yeah. <laughs> but you all, there's no more time for fun and games. <laughs> oh, no. For we have a combat. That will be both fun and in a game. <laughs> you guys were at asked. Least, at least the stuffed sky whale made is it out, made of, it out, out made of harm's it. way. Uh, if you believe in Taroth's ability to do that. <laughs> that is our truest legacy. That goes right into the vault of the golden tree. <laughs> That's right. You guys were, it is at the end of the day of the day of returning. The wonderful festival. You guys are essentially the greatest festival adventurers of all time, <laughs> having succeeded at a great many things and only failed spectacularly at a few of them. You came to the sunset right of the Ember Sage obelisk. The bells began tolling and then continued tolling for not just the Mothman, but many Mothmen. Mothmans? I don't know. Sound off in the comments. A moth menagerie. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I guess that's kind of true because you guys see it is fairly dark out. The sun has just kind of set, but it is still pretty well lit because of this large ritualistic pyre that has been erected that still has the obelisk at the center of it and those tiny green motes of flame going up into the sky, joining the stars. From out of the shadows, you begin to see a now unfortunately very familiar, we'll say phenomenon, of mothmen, a true moth menagerie of foes. Some you recognize, some you do not. Suddenly, the bells toll the four of you stand together next to Vina Calvetta, head of the Red Guard, and monsters are among you. These monsters form in all sorts of alien shapes and sizes. And roll for initiative, please. <laughs> oh, no. Anyone 15 or higher? Oh, oh. no. <laughs> uh, 10 or higher? Self with a 10. Five or higher. Six. Oh my God, guys, what? <laughs> no. Checkers with eight. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, there, no, that was the correct vibe, Sophie. <laughs> the vibe on the Zang half the table was like, keep going. Cascarin <laughs> also has a six. Nice. Before we get into true initiative, in almost slow motion, the four of you see these horrors emerge from shadows. It is so sudden 
and so widespread you don't even get a good idea of how many of them there are. To cap it off, at the top of the bell tower that you guys are essentially underneath, this large pillar, you guys can all see an even larger than all the rest Mothman, still kind of amorphous in ways that the other ones weren't necessarily, but with a giant humanoid skull and all of its shadow trailing behind it up on the bell tower. You see this amorphous thing just extend an appendage from seemingly out of nowhere from its strange alien form and slam it into the side of the bell tower. What you guys see is not the crumbling of stone or of masonry, but instead imagine it's a real bummer because the only good example of this is not dramatic (laughs) and not spooky. Imagine how strange this would be of you see instead of that, instead of cracks, instead of dust flying, anything, you see almost like when a jumbotron, like a, you know, one of the giant screens at a sports stadium made up of many other TV screens. When you see a couple of the TV screens are out or broken, that is what you see as this fist connects with the bell tower. And you see some crackles, and as if something strange has broken, you see it continue to slam over and over. But just imagine that going in the background as small cracks and small holes seemingly in reality are ripped by this creature. But that is not your first concern. Vina Calvetta, the head of the Red Guard, stands next to you all. She sidled up to you right as this attack was about to happen, give or take, not not in a suspicious way. (laughs) I realized I said it out loud. That's not quite what I meant. And immediately, like the four of you, knows what is happening, but jumps into action and starts yelling out orders to rally the troops. Essentially is saying, form up, find your squads, try to buy some time. And you see all the guards, some of them seemingly knowing what's going on, others having no clue what's going on. Or like, everyone's seeing the monsters, but some of them clearly surprised and unprepared for what is happening. And she turns to you four and says, I brought an alarm with us. It's a bell. We'll have to move it away, but we just need time to get the bell out and raise an alarm and other guards will come. I need the four of you for just a moment, just a few moments, buy time for reinforcements and to get people out of here. And then, and she just looks up at what's at the top of the tower, and then we'll figure out what to do about that. We're on it. Kaskrin, like the rest of the guilders, has been ready. He's been preparing for this, you know? We knew this was happening all along, but... As this creature starts slamming down on the bell tower, ripping holes in reality, 
it is hard not to feel that twinge of fear, of panic. Casgrin hmm? has been in this situation before. He's, he's been in combat. He's seen people panic. And as Vina gives the order, he's also shouting to like the rest of the people, like, out! Everyone out! Get out of here! Run! And you're so quick at reacting and so intentional, I guess, <laughs> with your with your words and your actions, that you see people are almost like so shocked that they just start running and like listen to you. I feel like Checkers responds to the situation a little bit differently than, than <laughs> You don't others. say. Yeah. Yeah, but Checkers is currently riding on top of Mango and anyone looking at him can just see him kind of like shaking almost with excitement <laughs> and anticipation and just like under his breath he's like <laughs> almost to the point where he's like not responding to anyone who's talking to him he's just like so like amped up for what's about to happen such being, an intense yeah. focus right being completely surrounded seeing this nightmare monster starting to try and tear the clock tower from reality he is so ready and so focused <laughs> Just go. Awesome. I imagine it's like... <laughs> as, as he takes out the, the grunt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's time. time. the high Checkers, no. No. And because it got mentioned last time, Val slash Sophie, yes. you specifically asked some more about, like, is there anything about, like, a ritual or about something else, like, that we would know about what's going on? Uh-huh. And you obviously are the one who researched the most. Yeah. And obviously this was not what you expected. No. You don't need to make any rolls right now or anything like that, but immediately it clicks in your head of like, something's different. This doesn't line up with what we expected, what I researched. Something is off. Mm-hmm. This is this is not... Why are all these Mothmen here? Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Um, there should only be one. There There's not one. one. There's only one. Why are there so many? My calculations were correct, and there was one. Yeah. <laughs> the answer was one. The answer, the answer was always one. So, the four of you presumably turn to see what the nearest area that you guys can help in. And what you see is a Mothman that, Mothman that you have not encountered. You don't even see the main Mothman at first. What you see is you see a townsfolk, a city denizen, an Agmarian, start to run, maybe even after Cass called out, everyone get out of here, and does that kind of like skidding stop when a shadow of maybe sort of a humanoid shape appears in front of it. This person starts cowering and, and backing up, clearly terrified. And you guys trace a small line that goes from the foot of this creature back 20, 30 feet. And you see one of the classic large amorphous blobs with a snake skull on it. And as you watch, you see more tendrils snake out along the ground and begin to form more shadow humanoids that are now beginning to threaten not just fellow townsfolk, but you all. To describe the battlefield for you all and for the listener, there is a large creature in the middle of 
a whole bunch of other smaller creatures. There are also, amid this, four Agmarian individuals who are essentially surrounded by all of these strange shadow creatures that are all have all been cornered and are all clearly at risk. There is slamming sounds. There are screams. There are other, even less savory sounds happening all around you. And you see at least a dozen of these shadowy figures surrounding and kind of spurting out from this one main creature. You see its strange snake skull rotate around its mass and look at the four of you. Hey, Sophie, could you roll me a d4? Two. You see it see you all, and it moves two of its shadow constructs over to the four of you. One comes up to Cass, and it kind of, you see it melt into the ground almost, and then just extend further out, and then reform right in front of Kaskarin. And you see another one do the same about 10 or 15 feet, just a little bit behind it. And then it is going to to move towards one of the people and is going to attack it. Ooh, that's a 16 on the die. Six points of damage to this townsperson. It is still up. But it is also going to make an attack against Kaskrin. Okay. With one of its shadow people. And it's just a slam, basically. Right. Where it doesn't have any weapons or anything like that. You just see this humanoid creature lift up a heavy arm and try to just bring it down straight onto Cass like a hammer. That is a 17 on the die. Hits. Okay. That is six points of damage. Oof. Okay. Kaskrin tries to, to block this with his own hammer, but just the sheer force of this shadow creature coming down on him is enough to, to shake him, and he takes the full six. Self is going to step up next to Cass and try to take out this thing. Um, uh, Self, I, I, I need some help over yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just in case you were wondering. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 so uh, this, this is Steve because Steve has come up for a name for these creatures, and I'm trying to figure out how Self would introduce that yeah. name. <laughs> Be gone, insert Steve's Yeah. yeah <laughs> Self will, will step up next to Cass and attempt to hit this thing and just say, um, Not today, slither hither. <laughs> That's not canon. Yeah. To no. be clear. Val, Val you, would, I, you, you explicitly know in your research, I don't know how, you've never read about this thing, but you know it's like, nope, that's not, not the name idea. of it for okay. sure. <laughs> no, uh, just kidding. Point of order, Self, they don't slither. They, um, I don't even know. What I, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Dematerialize yeah. and rematerialize. I'm running through way. every combination of, of rhyming I can come up with. Snake, <laughs> cobra, asp. And it's just yeah. I can't come up with a good, uh, you know. So slither hither it is. Okay, so Selv is going to try to hit him with his quarterstaff. Try to hit this creature. First attack is a two on the die, but that's plus five for seven. That is no. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then he will kind of spin around and try to kick the creature as a bonus action. That's another two on the die. No! Bad start. (laughs) (laughs) So Checkers, seeing the people surrounded by these uh, strange shadow humanoids, is pointedly ignoring them. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. 
but you can just see his eyes have almost kind of like glazed over with just intense excitement and anticipation. And he almost hops off of Mango as he sees the shadowy humanoid slither (laughs) (laughs) 10 feet towards the group. He's going to use 15 feet of his movement to hop off of Mango, and Mango's going to charge forward and try to slam into the humanoid in front of him. So Checkers is going to command Mango to attack. Three on the die. So that'll <laughs> that'll fail. Uh, probably, yeah. yes. Statistically, probably. Uh, Checkers is going to summon up. At least the die rolls are headed in the right direction. Right. right? <laughs> They're going up. Checkers is going to summon up some magical energy and cast the spell Summon Beast. So what happens is as Checkers is sort of readying himself and preparing all this energy, the air around him starts to get warmer and warmer. From, like, from nothing, in the middle of the air, appears this, like, small, bluish, spherical frog. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a light baby blue with a big white spot on its belly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, kind of crawling around on its back, is this big butterfly with reddish and orangish wings. And every time it flaps, the air around it seems to get warmer and warmer. And it is just this small spherical frog and a butterfly just kind of flying in the air. And it's just floating. Yeah. Kind of like around your shoulder. Yeah, basically. Uh, this is Billiam. <laughs> <laughs> Billiam, go! We've never seen this before, but because it's a frog, I have to assume it's an ally. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. We've All never frogs run into, are friends. Yeah, we've never <laughs> run into any frogs. No, been... absolutely not. <sighs> we finally fucking did it. Yeah. We added another frog yeah. to the goddamn stack. It's God. a flying frog. Technically not added to the stack. So so <laughs> is yet. it it's it's a blue sphere right. and then the butterfly is on top of yeah. a billion. Yeah, like Billion doesn't really have like a defined head or back, so it's just kinda like Because he's a sphere. Because yeah. he's a sphere. So he's like carrying it. And Billion has like little f- little feet that you question if they could actually support his weight. <laughs> but he's in, flying. In the so amount yeah. of time, yeah. the immense amount of time you have during combat yeah. when this is happening, you question whether. Yeah, right. or not like, it's Captain like looks at it and then does like a double take of like, what right. is that? Like, yeah, in, in a classic like, fucking magic's weird, man. Yeah, right? None of this works. This is all wrong. And Checker's magic, especially, is like, ah, I don't know. It's like a crayon drawing come to life. <laughs> right, basically. Uh, Billiam is going to fly by and slam into the shadowy humanoid that is in front of the group. Excellent. And the one that is on cast and self? Correct. That's going to be 18 to hit. That is a hit. So a large, muscular tongue comes out of Billiam and slams into the humanoid. The Large entire sphere is just as tough. Yeah. <laughs> horrible <laughs> thing. It's just this like floating butterfly oh wing. It should be very cute, and it's very it is, but also it's very bad. It's like the whole body just inverts to get this tongue yeah, out like twenty. Oh, I don't God. like it. It's bad. Basically, let's stop imagining. Yeah. <laughs> Nine damage. Ooh. And Damn. Billion. Yeah, Billion's gonna fly out, and because he has flyby, uh, he doesn't provoke attacks of opportunity. For those who might be curious at home, what stat block are you basing Billiam off of? This is the Summon Beast aerial creature. That's right. Perfect. Yes. I think uh, Val Val now has more ammo for that spell that does the psychic damage. No, it's always a a lamprey. (laughs) Anything else, checkers? That's my turn. Kaskrin. Kaskrin, he he yells at the shadow creature in front of him. Get out of the way! And he, as a bonus action hardens the stone on his limbs, turning it from that dull brown into a sort of like bright cobalt blue, giving him additional defense. And then 
charges forward, trying to basically bulldoze this thing out of the way, either to like pass through it as a shadow creature or even just to to charge past it to try to get to the people that the actual Mothman mm-hmm. is attacking. Kaskrin will charge through this thing, taking an attack of opportunity. Fucking cool. Uh, I'm imagining you, like, literally going through mm-hmm. yeah, the shadows. Like, yeah. <sighs> so, yeah, so that's, like, the idea. Like, he doesn't even try to go around it. It just, like, dissipates and then reforms again like yep. it did when it when it showed up. Absolutely. It's another 17 on the die. Uh, okay. And another 5 on the die. Six points of damage. Okay, he takes a little bit less damage because <laughs> of the protection, but, boy, that still hurts. And Kaskrin reaches the Mothman and is like, hey, pick on something your own size. And it's like trying to get in front of or between the people and it. As you shout this out, the snake, the large snake head turns down to you and then opens its strange mouth. And then you hear just a gong of a bell. Bell has a lot of new things, points of information to take in, <laughs> yep. and she is observing William, the shade creatures, <laughs> and there's just like, her brain's a little overloaded, and so all she can think to say as she dips her hand into a pouch that has some powder in it, and she goes up behind self and with two fingers covered in powder, draws a chalice on his back casting protection from evil and good. Ooh, cool. And as she's drawing the chalice on his back simply states, point of order they're undulating, not slithering. And (laughs) (laughs) Somehow worse. You you come up with something that rhymes with undulating. (laughs) (laughs) Not the top priorities of will move her full movement doing her battle trigonometry like to the left of the group like kind of splitting around. the part just to, yeah just away so we're not all clumped together yeah. seems good yep and now a word from our sponsor this episode is brought to you by a foul light shines a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words, Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyr, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength in diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hey everyone, Jonathan here with the mid-roll. If you're looking for the hottest frog memes around, join the Reckless Attack community on Discord. You can find a link to it in the show notes of our latest episodes or on our website, recklessattack.com. Want to support the show? Tell a friend or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash recklessattack 
where you can get access to our behind-the-screen talkback show, as well as our new Reckless of Snacks series, where we eat snacks, hang out, and just talk about whatever's on our mind. Thanks so much for listening to us, and we hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Now, this is usually the time where I do a quick recap of, like, here's where things are setting. It's not quite the, it's not quite the top of the round, though. It's the end of the round. And that means something is going to happen. Hey, Jonathan, could you roll me a d4, please? Absolutely. That's a three. That's a three. Three shadow creatures. Oh. <laughs> you see, once again, kind of collapse into the ground and then spring up 15 feet in another direction. Spoiler alert. They're all starting to swarm towards the four of you. Finally, at the end of the round, the various mortals will try to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> please, please run, everyone. So they'd move not super far away, but they're all trying to just scatter in all different directions, basically. But several of them are still very threatened, especially depending on how you guys roll on your D4s. Top of the round, it is the Mothman's turn. David, could you roll me a D4, please? Two. It is going to move two of its shadow constructs. One towards one of the escaping people, and one towards Kaskrin. First, we'll do the one on the escaping person. Why not? Who has not been hit yet? Ooh, max damage. Uh, but it does, but, is not but enough. But a miss? No, but oh. it hits. <laughs> but not enough to kill it. And you can see again, just another, like, punch outwards. Now on Kaskrin. Does a 16 hit? It does not. Yay! Nice. Good, because yeah. it was another five on the D6. Yeah. So <laughs> Kaskrin is so fixated on the, the actual snake skull that he is almost blindsided by this creature, but his full plate armor takes the brunt of the attack. Excellent. Now we'll take an action. It's going to do one attack against you, Mr. Kaskrin. Okay. 18 to hit. That hits. Alas. Only five points of damage, though. Okay. He's starting to feel it, but the <laughs> uh, the extra density from, from his stone is protecting him for the moment. And then it is going to, as its second action, is going to take a swipe at self with disadvantage because of your protection against good and evil through one of its shadow constructs. As a 14 hit self. It would have, but his armor class is 16 now after hitting fourth level. Hooray! Hey, level up. Yes. Now, self. A rebuttal, sir. And also as a reminder, what you guys know is that hitting at least these shadow constructs also is not doing as much damage as you would think, but you also hope that Selv can do full damage. All right, I will use a key point, and I will use Step of the Wind, which allows me to use Disengage as a bonus action. Excellent. Essentially, we're going right into there. Right, right, right into the, the snake pit. Uh, right. There is the main Mothman, and right next to him is Cass. Hey, that's Hi. good. Hello. That's Hi. neat. Yes. And then also four shadow creatures. Y- yes. All well, in a circle around. It, it was. It was also <laughs> self noticing that otherwise it would be just Cass surrounded by. Correct. Self, you made it. <laughs> self will then take one attack at the big old creature there. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a ten to hit. Not quite. Okay. So this thing just kind of like undulates out of the way. Checkers is seeing Selv and Kaskin run up to the main shadow creature and is like, hey, wait for me. Mango, Billiam, go, get him. Mango and Billiam are going to keep striking against the shadow creature that has taken a hit mm-hmm. or two. 
Mango's gonna make an attack using Checker's action, I'll say. 11 to hit. That hits. Nice. They're pretty big, lumbering creatures, so... Six points of bludgeoning damage as Mango slams into it. Mango slams into the creature, and it has, unlike when Cast was kind of dramatically going through it, kind of, like, meets it with resistance, Uh and then you see it kind of, like, glitch out. Oh, wow. And disappear. And the shadow tendril be retracted back into the main creature, which shudders and seems to take some damage from that. Very cool. Ooh. So, Billiam, seeing that the shadow creature just disappeared, is going to redirect and move towards one of the shadow creatures that is next to Kaskrin, even though there is another shadow creature next to a fleeing civilian. <laughs> Billiam is going to lash out his tongue towards the, the shadow creature. 13 to hit. Hits. 12 points of bludgeoning Damn, damage as Billiam slams yeah. in and flies off. This one, too. Nice. Shudders. Again, you do less damage. Mm-hmm. You can tell you do less damage than you would think, but is enough to not only have this thing glitch out and then disappear and kind of be retracted back into the main the main entity, mm-hmm. but the main entity also just, like, shudders a little bit. You can see kind of trembles as it also appears to take some damage. Are there any sort of, like, tents or places that checkers can get higher up off of the ground level? Well, you could climb into the pyre and up on the ziggurat. Maybe, but probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but way out, kind of where you guys are. The pyre it's kind is of, actually on fire. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. But kind of where you guys are at, mm-hmm. not really. Like, okay. It's pretty much in a big clearing. There might be some trees kind of nearby, but not in the immediate kind of battle area. Okay. Checkers is going to kind of follow Val and just circle around the battlefield, getting a little bit closer, but pulling out three magic stones from his pocket and putting them in his hat. (laughs) And Junior just, like, reaches up and grabs one. Meow. (laughs) And that that is Checkers' turn. Kaskrin yells at the snake creature, Your fight's with us! He is going to take his hammer and just, like, full force try to swing for the middle of this creature, just a mass of darkness. That is going to be a 17 to hit. Boy, howdy does it. Ooh. Dealing 11 points of damage. That does as much damage as you thought it would. Nice. Which is quite unlike all of your other experiences <laughs> with this creature. He can sense just from like the way that the people are moving around him that the civilians are dispersing in different directions which ones they are compared to the shades. And so without even looking, he uses Servant of the Citadel and the fleeing civilian behind him, suddenly next to it, appears like a brief image of a mannequin holding a a kite shield Mm -hmm. ready to block the next attack from one of these shade creatures. Love it. Awesome. He turns to Selv and he he says, Selv, with me, let's get this thing. I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) Working so hard. Val will continue moving her full movement further around the battlefield and then will, as she's running, target one of the shade creatures. She sees Cass has cast the Servants of the Citadel on one, so she will target a shade that is threatening another civilian and will cast Sacred Flame, Cool. which is a DC 14 dex save. Deck save. They're not particularly dexterous. That's a natural one. Wow. Hey. 
will take seven points of radiant damage. Nice. As still up. a bonus action, Val will cast Spiritual Weapon, and it will appear over the main snake skull creature. Perfect. This will be her chalice with the eye upon it, and it will make a slam attack. Does it a smack? Yeah, uh, it does a smack. That's a two on the die. So uh, what's the total? Eight. I don't think you... Yeah, I imagine you probably don't have a big enough bonus. But no. ACs are pretty low in this combat. Spoiler. I'm going to say all of the all of the people are going to move now. First, we'll say the woman who has the protection from Kaskarin. She just now is so afraid, saw this strange flash of light in front of her, and these things not just swiping at her, but like following her and chasing her down. She, I'm even imagining, is like falling onto the ground now, and this thing, as she scoots away, tries to take another huge slam, and you know that this slam, if it connected, would absolutely kill this person. What is what is her saving grace look like, David? So the mannequin, just at the point of impact, materializes in his full form and deflects the blow with his kite shield, pushing it out of the way. And the like the punch from this shadow creature impacts the ground and like you know starts it like breaks the the bricks and and kicks up dust uh, awesome. where it landed. So she is able to move her full movement. I know she said she, said she was on the ground. Blah, blah, blah. You get it. It's drama, damn yeah. it. <laughs> and so she moves her full movement out of the way, and she is out of the combat. Steve, could you roll me a d4, please? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> the question is, can I roll it well? Do you want it to roll well? One. Yeah. Uh, you rolled very poorly. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That was a bad roll. The snake creature having all of its appendages start to be retracted into it, realizing that there are now two warriors kind of bearing down on it in Selv and Kaskarin can only move one of its shadow creatures, and it is going to move it 15 feet kind of in the general direction of where Checkers and Val is. But that'll be all that it can do. Cass and Selv are still face-to-face with this large creature with all of its tendrils out. There are only three shadow creatures kind of in melee combat with the two of you, and then Checkers and Val are kind of circling around the side-ish in the same direction, or at least-ish together, Mm -hmm. while weird spectral frogs are (laughs) using their horrible tongues. (laughs) (laughs) I I guess that's the recap of the round. Yeah. Top of the round. Could you roll me a d4 there, Sophie? One. (sighs) Jerks. It (laughs) It moves another one as a bonus action over towards Checkers. And it's going to do a slam upon you. All right. It's a five on the die. Ah. It again, just kind of very, like, it's again, very, very lumbering. All of these are very telegraphed. It's not hard to move or to get out of the way as it just kind of like slams down on you. I just imagine checkers like moving to the side and trying to trip a shade. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then as an action, it is going to do a slam. We'll say upon old Selvarino over there. Natural one Ooh, nice. on max damage, so nice. got real lucky. And then, oh, is it going to move a shade? Is it going to move a couple shades? I think so. I think it's going to move a couple shades. Hey, Jonathan, show me a d4, please. 
You one absolute <laughs> pieces of shit. Well, yeah, now that we know what we need to roll. Yeah, right. <laughs> Boy, it's really uh, taking advantage of rolling twos and threes the whole time. Yeah, right. <laughs> it moves one of the ones that's kind of not by any pedestrians now or by you guys kind of from the back. You see one reform from like 20 or 30 feet away and kind of appear a little bit closer to the melee combatants in Selvin Cass. Fuck. <laughs> and that's its turn, I guess. That's all the things that it does, because you guys are just very bad at rolling D4s. <laughs> <laughs> is going to spend another key point for Flurry of Blows. Seems good. Hey, when you roll damage, roll an extra D6 on each attack. Ooh. Ooh. All right. God, that's so many dice. Yes. Man. That's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So there's going to be three attacks not that anybody can see this that's listening, but this die is for the staff, <laughs> and the other ones are the unarmed attacks. Got so it. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> so many dice. <laughs> and wow. no, nothing in double digits on the die. Oh. Okay. However, these are plus five. So the staff attack is an 11 to hit. That's a miss. The main uh, creature targeting, right? Yeah. Then we have a, a 13 to hit. That hits. 13 Ooh. hits. Okay, so the 14 also hits. We have a total of eight points of damage on one of the flurries, and then four, five, eight points of damage on the second flurry. Nice. I thought you rolled 2d4 and 2d6 and got a total of eight damage, and I was like, dang. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I know. Me too, Sam. I was like, guys, that's not how this is supposed to go. (laughs) So, Selv, you take a big swing with your quarterstaff, and it manages to get just barely get out of the way. But then when you connect either with your fists or headbutt it, I don't know what Sel's style in this particular moment uh, it, is. It's actually, he, he swings around and tries to uh, kind of uh, kick it. And then when he lands, it's just a punch forward. And you can see this cast as well. You know you made solid contact for mm-hmm. the first time against any man creature <laughs> that you did. You managed to just like really wail on it. But when Selv hits, you see it's almost as if it like, what's a good way to put it? I wanted to say it connects even gooder, <laughs> and that's not quite right. But you more can see solid. That, yeah, it's somehow even more solid. Like it you're almost still, feels like corporeal and you, not a shade. Exactly. Where for you, you there was still something there, there. But you can tell, like, Selv, it hits full contact each time when he kicks it and when he nice. punches it. So Checkers has sidestepped an attack from one of the shadow creatures that has materialized next to him and he just looks at it in what he assumes is its face and just starts like <laughs> uh, as the villain arc begins yeah. Actually, uh, what do you what mean you, begins what you, yeah, I know. What, what you don't know Overt is, is, is that is the semantic component for, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or the verbal the verbal component for every one of Checkers why does Checkers cackle so much right, yeah. <laughs> what's going on but Mango from behind is going to leap onto the shadow creature and try to slam into it. Awesome. As Checkers is staring at this thing. Natural 20. Whoa. Wow. Absolutely. Give me some fucking damage rolls. 11 points of damage. Okay. This thing also dissipates and is retracted and does a little bit of extra damage. Mango just kind of leaps onto this thing and smashes it into the ground and you can just see like the shadowy tendrils kind of try to get out from under him, fail, and then just vanish. When that happens, immediately, as you do that last bit of damage and you see the reverberations go all the way back to the creature as it kind of reabsorbs this essence, it lets out another 
just very loud bell sound. <laughs> I'm imagining Cass and Selv in melee combat, clearly facing this thing, knowing that they're surrounded on all sides, but being focused on this the, the main Mothman creature. Just sees in the peripheries the shadow creatures around them disappear. And then a large shadow begins looming as five of the shadows that were previously in the combat coalesce into one giant shadow construct. It looks like it's the same creature, basically, but is 12 feet tall now and dense and big. And everyone now sees that... Good news, there are you're not surrounded by four to five things anymore. Bad news, there's a hulking shadow creature right behind you. Anyway, checkers, what would you like to do the rest of your turn? Billiam is going to come around and do a flyby attack on one of the shadows that is kind of getting close to Val mm-hmm. with his large muscular tongue. 15 to hit. That it's 12 points of damage. Dang. As Billiam just kind of like flies over and just smacks this thing in the head. It is also dead. Nice. So once again, you send reverberations up this creature. Those who are in melee combat sees that it's starting to feel pretty rough. Okay. And Checkers, seeing the large shadow begin to materialize, just again focuses, fixates on this thing, pulls out his crossbow and loads a stone into it and just fires it at at the large creature. Oh my god! I just got like an image. Do you remember those like you, you know you're firing a crossbow? You know it's like a crossbow bolt, magic stone thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm imagining instead of a crossbow, it's like those infomercial marshmallow yeah. shooters. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, please carry on. Yes. Twelve to hit. Uh, that hits. Eight points of bludgeoning magical damage. It appears as though that does full damage. Nice. <laughs> Come on, Val. Let's go. Let's go. So, Kaskrin himself were surrounded by all of these shadows just sort of retreating towards the main snake body. He takes a large swing, you know, in a giant arc with his hammer, trying to, like, hit as many of them as he Mm -hmm. can, but it just contacts empty air as suddenly five of these shadows (laughs) just disappear into the ground, and then next to both of them, (laughs) they rematerialize into this giant creature. It's like... Oh, as Kaskrin, like, looks up uh-huh. to this thing. Oh, that's bigger than Self. Yeah. <laughs> Self has his focus on the main snake creature. And so Kaskrin turns around, like, back to back, charges his hammer with magical energy, casting heavy blow, and brings it down against the new creature as hard as he can, using his newly, like, triple-weighted, like, very heavy hammer. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> that is going to be 19 to hit. Wow. Uh... Yes. That's going to be 17 points of damage as he brings his hammer on this thing. Can you please make me a constitution saving throw? I can. 18 on the die. That succeeds. So with even as much damage and as much force as Kastrin is trying to hit this thing with, this creature is not stunned. It still has, you know, all of its uh, abilities. But that hurt it a lot. (laughs) It's already not feeling super great. As a bonus action, Kastrin casts 
Servant of the Citadel on Selv, and you can feel yourself just with a, a small little little ally, a little buddy next to you. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little guy. A yeah. much less dramatic version than the last right. time. They can't all be dramatic, yeah, right? right? Some of them have to be like, you know, hey, he's he's a guy. He's, Selv yeah. just feels somebody elbow him and be like, hey, what's up? Hey, yeah, right. I got you, bud. Yeah, you doing all right? <laughs> this guy just has like a little uh, like a little punch shield. like a little. It's like, you know. You got like one of the squires or something. Yeah, right. Excuse me, sir, you dropped this? Yeah. They can't all be gems. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a class ability, correct? Correct. Yeah. Val will move her spiritual weapon from the main snake creature over the new construct mm-hmm. and try to hit it with the chalice. Ten to hit. That's it. Hey! Ooh, wow. Cool, great. Seven points of damage for that one. Yowza also does full damage. Great, great, great. Great, cool, 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 cool. And it seems like we have a few more shades hanging around. So Val will cast Magic Missile. <laughs> seems good. Because this is fun. Roll me some damages. So I'm just going to do it at first level. So that will be three darts. Wait, wait. Is this creature's future so bright that it has to make shades? That is a reference that I'm getting a bunch of blank stares. No, I got the reference. <laughs> Future so bright, you got to wear shade. I like how apropos of nothing it was. Where it's just like, wait, <laughs> I have a joke that must be heard. <laughs> we now return to you. Yeah. <laughs> it got stuck on my hand. Oh my god, you guys didn't oh, that see was it. Gr- bad. Two ones and a four. So total of six. Yeah. Uh, nine. Thank you. Oh yeah, D4 and the plus one and the pluses. Yeah. That's enough to kill another one. Your they magic. all targeted different shades. Oh, got it. There's kind of three on the back half of the battlefield that are closest to citizens mm-hmm. who are still running away. So Val would have cast it on each of those. Awesome. Anything else you'd like to do? Continue my jaunt <laughs> around. <laughs> Val's just going for a lap. Yeah. Got it. You know? <laughs> Scoping uh, things out. Power walking. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, David, could you roll me a D4, please? Roll one, roll one. Two. Two's pretty good. Two of the shades, kind of, again, from the back lines, from farther away, now that especially the a lot of the civilians have been rescued, are now starting to make their way. One starts to seem like it's both intercepting either one of the remaining stragglers or Val, not sure, and another one seems to be moving kind of around the main creature, presumably to go over towards Selv and Kaskrin. All the other various people get the hell out of there. I think there's only one individual left who is still in harm's way. And that is the end of the round. Cass and Selv are in melee combat. They are surrounded <laughs> by <laughs> yes, two we are. very large creatures with three more creatures barreling down on them of the shadow constructs. Checkers and Val are still keeping a nice distance away as Val is doing a nice nice romp around, <laughs> around the battlefield but also sees that at least one shadow construct is starting to bear down on her as well. And then Checkers is just giggling yeah. off from the side. <laughs> Checkers and, is just like vibing. He's like yeah. dancing out over there for like with Billiam. And Billiam and Mango are here. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, what a blessed combat. Right. I don't know. Indeed. Okay. Hey, Steve, could you roll me a D4, please? Sure. Ooh, Ooh, three this time. Three. That's what I like. That's the good stuff. <laughs> Three shades move. One from the back kind of, again, starts moving and circling 
Kaskarin, and Selv. Yep. But not quite there yet. However, two other ones do move up right to where Kaskarin is. It's bad, you guys. <laughs> and they're going to make attacks. Three on the die. Slam number two. 17 to hit. Ooh, that hits. Four points of damage. Kaskarin takes a little bit, but fortunately his rocky armor is still protecting him. And now the Mothman is going to take an attack against self. Ooh. All right. This is a disadvantage. Yes. Thank you. Misses with the disadvantage. So Ooh. thank you for the reminder. And thank you. Thank Val. Yes. More. Uh, that will be, that will be a thank you to Val. I think it's actually just going to do a second attack against you. It's pretty dumb. Rolled another two on the die. Ooh. So two misses as it just tries but fails to just bring down its weird pseudopod on you. Self kind of like slides to one side a bit away from Cass. And then just you same thing he's you've heard anytime you've been near him when he's done this. It's that intake of breath that, and then as he breathes out a cone of cold. And with the intake of breath, Hatton yeah. realizes what's going on and like ducks over to yeah, the right. side. Yeah. <laughs> Any creatures within mm-hmm. that area need to make a constitution saving throw DC 11. Two of the small shades, including one of the ones on Cass. And one kind of making its way around, and then the big, the snake mothman, the snake, snakeman. The slither sna- hither. This, nope. <laughs> uh, that is a pass for the big guy. Stop trying to make slither hither. That is yeah. a pass for the, the one who's kind of off of Cass, and a failure for the one who's on Cass. Okay. So the one that failed. And roll an extra d6. Oh. All right. I would be happy to. That's a one. All right. <laughs> Bummer. So uh, the one that failed takes nine points of damage. The two that succeeded take four points of damage. The one on Cass is dead. Yes. All right. So you can see now the creature is looking very unstable and very unsteady. Like in kind of the same way that when you would kill a shade, it would look a little like kind of glitchy and twitch. Mm -hmm. Now this is kind of starting to look unstable. Now it is the big guy's turn and he's going to do a slam. Um, Would you like odds or evens, David? Evens. Does a slam against against Kaskrin. Boo. The odds are against you. I hate you. <laughs> Ooh. 16 to hit. Misses. Okay. Just, bear, just, just this one big wind up, and you see it start to bring its big fist down right as you're cowering <laughs> yeah. from self's yeah. uh, cold breath. That movement uh, as Kaskrin sidesteps is just enough to just barely dodge this creature. Okay. So Mango and Billiam have been kind of swarming around Checkers running interference, trying to keep some of these smaller shades off of him and Val. And now that the battlefield's a little bit more clear, both of them are going to go straight into the center of the fight. Mango's going to leap onto the shade that's currently harassing (laughs) Kaskarin. Awesome. And try to slam it to the ground. That's going to be 15 to hit. Hits. Eight points of damage as Mango leaps onto this thing. Okay. Trying to keep it down. Doesn't quite kill it. Billiam flies around the combat and lashes his tongue towards the smaller one that's around Selv. 17 to hit. It hits. Nine points of damage. This is another small one? Yeah. Okay. And Checkers once again loads another stone, grabs it from Junior, and fires it towards the large shade that is currently trying to slam Kaskrin into the ground. Awesome. 26 to hit. Yeah, absolutely. Eight points of damage. Nice. As rocks and frogs go flying in all these different <laughs> directions. Hey, could you describe your kill, please? Oh, boy. 
on uh, the big shadow creature. So Checkers is actually kind of having a little bit of fun at this point. He was like super focused for a minute, but with this last throw of the rock, he actually does a backflip and fires wildly at this thing, just just trying to like smash a rock into it. And kind of unexpectedly, actually, the rock kind of flies through it and causes it to dissipate into a bunch of small tendrils of, of shadow. And Texas is just like, oh, ha, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Kaskrin sees the rock that Checkers fired blast through this creature. <laughs> he instinctively reaches towards it and sort of like sends it on an arc flying back. Cass establishes yeah. gravity around yeah, himself. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, so Checkers rock swings around as if like caught by an orbit and just like rockets back in our direction uh, headed towards the construct. He casts Catapult at second level. Conservation of angular momentum! <laughs> Please make me a dexterity saving throw. That's a 15 on the die. Okay, so the rock passes harmlessly through the first construct and then barrels towards the main snake creature. Three on the die. Failure. Nice. That is going to be 15 points of damage as the magical stone impacts the snake creature. Bullseye in its mask. As this rock comes hurtling at the creature, like you said, it hits it square, almost like dead center on the skull. And it shatters its forehead. It starts glitching out even more before all of the shadow constructs are reabsorbed into it. And it gets larger and larger and starts floating up off the ground. I don't think it's going to stop. <laughs> Second boss, Faith. And, Second boss. <laughs> and then it implodes on itself. And all of the darkness is absorbed into the skull and is just gone in a moat and then gone completely. And the creature is dead. And as you guys are about to turn your attention to anyone nearby, you hear a voice ring out of Vina Calvetta saying, We need help! The alarm! We can't get it! And that's where we'll end this week's session, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Congratulations! You've survived so far, and we'll see you next week. Woo! Bye, everyone! Bye! Bye! Remember, he had a ointment for after (laughs) that was needed. He had to carry him out on a stretcher. It was a whole thing. Yeah, we are not prepared. He is absolutely either still there or is recuperating back at Guildhall. (laughs) I feel like we probably would have been like, Farragut, maybe you take him home. Yeah, Yeah, right. Once he's stable. How how close is the medical tent to where the Mothman attack will be? (laughs) I think that would be our deciding factor. No, it's it's like. It, it's not super close. Okay. Then but probably... either way, they would they would probably be like trying to get him out of there as quickly uh-huh. as possible. Because just having a, a toasted man <laughs> on a stretcher is not like Toasty. the festival vibe if right. they can move him back home. Mm-hmm. <laughs>